Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your word. We pray today, Lord, that you would give us ear to hear, Father, and that you would give us a heart that would uh, be good soil. And I pray that you take out all distraction in our life, that you prepare us, Father God, for something good. And there's something always good by your word. There's something always satisfying and fulfilling from your word. But most of all, God, that I pray that that word may not just be a good word today, but it may be a fruitful word, a word where we can leave this place and go put it into action. Father, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a uh, famous saying that you've probably heard growing up all your life, and it's sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And um, I got to say, that's got to be one of the most dumbest quotes I've ever heard. Because the truth is, you can break bones and, and they will heal, but words can really destroy somebody's life. And, um, and your words really have the power to do two things. Your words have the power, as it says in Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and it has the power of death. And those who love it will eat it, will eat its fruit. So your words have the power to do two things. It has the power to give life to somebody or it has the power to bring death to someone's life. And it's that powerful. And so we're going to get into, into God's word. We're going to go into one of the most, every time I share about the power of, of, of our words, I always love the illustration that James gives us. In the book of James chapter 3, he gives us a few illustrations on what the tongue is like. And so the, even though the key verse is this, is what we just read, is that the tongue has the power of life and death, I'm going to tell you the meat of what you're going to receive today is going to come from James. Why? Because he gives us a few illustrations. Every time I, 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 when I was growing up and I had a teacher teaching me all the way through college, all the lessons I've ever heard are when they gave me illustrations or when they gave me something practical, something to understand. Those things stuck with me. And so James is a great teacher in the word because when he gives these illustrations, it's so that you could understand it and so that you never forget it. If you never forget it, then guess what? When you're in the world and you're out there, you know, hold on. I know how to put it into practice. I remember God's word. And that's the purpose of this, that you don't just receive God's word, but that you take it out there and put it into action. So let's start in James chapter 3, verse 1. And it says in there, that not many of you should presume to be teachers, all right? Not many of you should become teachers. Man, it's everybody, man, I've heard so many people say, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a teacher. But it says, my fellow believers, let me tell you something, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Let me tell you, it's a dangerous job to stand behind this pulpit. It's, it's a very dangerous thing because one day I'm going to stand before a judge. And every word that I say, I will be judged by every single word. It says, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And we will all be accountable for the words we say. But even more when you're a teacher, because you're teaching the words. So verse 2, it says, we all stumble in many ways. 
Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So here is number one, which is found in verse three. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes because not only are you going to get the illustration, but it's so important to go back to your notes so you can put these things into action. So here is what the tongue is like. Here is what the mouth is like. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And so uh, the tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth. And it says you can turn you can make the horse obey you and you can turn the whole animal. And so um, if you, let, let's put a, we have a picture of what the, um, the bit is connected to. So the bit is connected to what's called the, the bridle. And the bridle is that whole big piece. And so uh, you see the reins there, right, right close to the neck. And so the bridle is that whole piece that goes on the head. But there's that little thing called the bit. And so the next picture will show the actual bit. And it, go, and it sets right on the tongue of the horse. And so with it, you can turn the direction of the entire animal. It's incredible that that little bit can turn the direction of a 2,000-pound animal. And so a racehorse in the Kentucky Derby, it can weigh about 2,000 pounds. And uh, the riders usually weigh about 108 to 114 pounds. Let's put that, that, that racehorse up. And so there it is. These are those racehorses. That's a 2,000-pound animal. And yet it's 108 to 118 pounds because they got to be light in order for that horse to go fast. Those, race, those uh, racers have to be light. But it's incredible that with just the bit that's in the horse's mouth, the horse will, if, if you didn't have that bit in the horse's mouth, that horse would just be out of control. There would be no sense of direction, and the horse would just go crazy. And so um, without taming your two-pound tongue in your life, it will be out of control. And so you need to know how to tame your tongue. You need to know how to control that tongue and what it says. And, and later on in that, in, in, we're going to read in the, in the word how hard it is to tame the tongue. And so it's hard, or I would say it's even impossible for you to do it. It's humanly impossible, but it's not impossible with God and by the strength and by the grace of God in our life. And so um, when, I was, uh, when we were out on our honeymoon, um, I always say this story uh, when I speak about the, the, the bit and the, and the horse, um, because um, Jenny, uh, we, we, were, uh, we were in Mexico, and uh, we, we saw some things where you can ride some horses. And uh, I go, hey, let's go ride some. Oh, no, I'm scared of horses. No, it's going to go crazy. I don't know how to ride it. I go, don't worry about it. It's so easy. All you got to do is hold on to the reins, and, you know, you stop it by holding it together. And, um, and so, you know, Jenny just went. She was pretty brave to just get on that horse. And I was like, yes. And, and so I got my horse, and she got on a horse. And uh, his name was Bandido, the name of the horse. And so as we were riding and we're riding together, all of a sudden, the, her horse just takes off running and it's going crazy. And I'm like, and I'm trying to go fast and trying to get her. And I'm yelling at the guy, Señor, mi esposa, go, sir, my wife, go help her. And he goes after the horse and, and, and with, the, with the rope gets the horse and all that. And the truth is, is that if she, she would have been able to stop that horse if her hands were on the reins. Because if her hands were on the reins, which was attached to the bridle, which is attached to the bit, she would have had control over that big horse. And so it's so important that if you don't have control of that, 
and you don't have that bit in that horse's mouth, it will take control of your life and your life will become a disaster. So here is, it's awesome that James tells us that small things can control much larger objects. And so this small little thing in our mouth weighs two pounds, can control everything, can control this body, can control and, and can give us the outcome of what comes in our life. So let's go to verse 4. So number one is a bit, that the tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth. Number two, in verse 4 it says, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And so this, this, this rudder is a thing that you see on the boat that just goes left and right and it turns. But yet it turns, it can turn a massive ship. And so the tongue is like, a, and it, the Bible says it's like a very small rudder on a massive ship. And... Um, the, I, I researched and looked up what was the largest ship in the world, and it's called the Allure, Allure of the Seas. It's the largest cruise ship in the whole world. It holds 6,296 uh, 6, passengers. It has 2,700 rooms. It weighs 225,000 tons, 1,187 feet long. That's almost four football fields. It contains 14 swimming pools, restaurants, fitness center, a shopping mall, and much more, all for the low price of $1.8 billion. But the truth is, here it is, is that the massive beast is controlled by a very small rudder. And I say small because to, compared to the size of this huge ship, it is one to one thousandth of its size. And here is, the, here, here is that rudder. That rudder, one, it's a huge rudder. Compared to you, but compared to that ship, it's one to one thousandth of a size of the size of that ship, and so it's so small. It's such a very small rudder to control a very massive ship. So even with a large ship against massive winds, it doesn't matter what's going its way. A rudder can control where the ship goes. So regardless of the of the storms that come in your life. Your tongue can control the direction of your life, of where it goes. Just a small degree movement of this, of this big ship, just one small little degree, and it'll change its course, its direction. And the same goes with your tongue. It will direct where you go. It can change the course of your life. Just one wrong word in your life. Just one wrong thing that you say. Just the wrong word that you may say in that interview can change the course of where you go as far as where you work, it can change the course of your life. Our words are so important, and there's so much power behind it. And so we sometimes say, we wake up in our day, and we say, man, it's going to be a bad day today. It's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a bad day. Things aren't going to go my way. Look how it just started. Man, you are speaking how your day's really going to be. And we need to stop speaking those negative words in our life and start speaking life to our day and say, today's the day the Lord has made. I'm going to choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And it will change the course of how your day will be. What you speak into your life will give power to how the day will result in. Be careful, church, what you say. The word of God is like a small rudder. So it's like a bit in a horse's mouth and it's like a small rudder on a massive ship. Verse 5. 
Likewise, the tongue is like a small part of the body, is a small part of the body. But it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And so the tongue is like a small spark. And um, it could set an entire forest on fire, just one little spark. You go to one of these dry places that we have here in Florida, and, it, and you see these brush fires. All it took is, was, was one little spark. And sometimes it was somebody who just threw a cigarette in the, in the forest and, and set the whole forest on fire, just that one spark. And the Bible says, James is telling you, that the tongue is like that. It's small, yet it's so powerful that it can set something on fire. There's a famous fire called the Great Chicago Fire. This was in October 8, 1871. It, it was almost four miles of the city of Chicago was burned up. 100,000 people were homeless. $192 million in damages. And guess what? It was all caused inside a barn where there was a lit up lantern that Miss O'Leary left on at night. And a cow in the barn tipped it over and a small fire occurred. A little small fire ended up being this massive fire. It was just one small lantern that caused a great fire in a city to occur. Your tongue, your word can set a fire of everything around you. It could set a fire so much that it can cause destruction to everything around you. Verse 6, look what it says about it. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell itself. In other words, guess what? Those words will destroy your life. It'll bring you to destruction. It'll bring you to the very end of even hell in your life. Just your words can cause that in your life. Be very careful what you say. I believe the word of God can also, in a spiritual sense, be a spark of God's fire in somebody's life. And so it can either be a fire of destruction or it can be the fire of the Holy Spirit upon someone's life. Just because of something you spoke to them, sparked them to go do something that would forever change the course of history for their lives. And you have the power to do that right in your mouth. That you could encourage somebody to go the extra mile. You could tell somebody, don't give up, don't quit. And by that little, that little word will be a spark in their life to set their, fire, to set their life on fire for Jesus. Just one small word. Just one small phrase of, hey, I'll be praying for you, can change the course of history for somebody's life. Like they'll come back to you and say, I'll never forget what you told me when you, were, you said you would pray for me in my, my worst depression. I needed that. I needed that encouragement. And I'm a changed person because of that today. One small word, one small spark can set something off fire. It, can send a, it could set a, a life on fire. It could set a home on fire for Jesus. It could set a city, a neighborhood on fire for the Lord. Imagine the person who, who shared the gospel to Billy Graham. See, we all know who Billy Graham is, but we don't have any clue who's the person who shared the gospel to Billy Graham. 
or their family. Nobody knows. I don't know. I don't even know. But who, whatever that guy did, that guy's going to have bigger crowns than, I don't know, probably Billy Graham himself. Imagine just the words that were spoken to Billy Graham by that guy. It was a spark that set a world on fire. Your words, ladies and gentlemen, will set a, a life, will set a world on fire. It's that powerful. Verse 7. So before we go to verse 7, again, let's, let's recap. Your tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth. It's like a small rudder on a massive ship. It's like a small spark that can set an entire forest on fire. Verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. The tongue is like a wild beast if you're taking notes. It's like a wild beast. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. And so here James is talking about the tongue because he's talking about taming the tongue. So he's giving the examples of all these wild animals. So it's like a wild beast. After 20 years of performing in front of a live audience, there's these two performers you guys know called Siegfried and Roy. And in the middle of their act, one of their tigers, one of their tigers breaks routine and attacks Roy, almost killing him. It affects the rest of, of his future, his career. His career ended because of this wild beast. So I'll tell you something. Your words are like a wild beast. You let it loose and you don't tame it, it will go out and destroy everything around you. It'll destroy and affect your future if you don't tame it. We need to tame our tongue. We need to put our tongue in a cage because it's a wild beast. That's right. It's that wild enough. Put it in a cage. I remember growing up where my, uh, we used to have a nail in the wall. Up high, I tell the youth all the time about this. And there's so many stories that have to do with that nail. And you, when you look at it, and you, everybody in my family, I got, I got five sisters, two brothers. Everybody knows about El Clavito. And so we've got the, El Clavito up high. And uh, there was, uh, it brought a lot of fear when you look at that Clavito. And I'll tell you why. Because there were times where, as a, as a young teenager, I, I would answer back to my parents. And so the moment that I would answer back at them or I disrespect them, you know what my dad said? That's enough. Put, pon las llaves en el clavito. Put the keys on the nail. And I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, no. What that meant is that's going to stay up there until I say you get it back. And it would go days, sometimes a week, just because of a disrespect at home. I'll tell you something. Our tongue get, can get us into trouble. Thank God that today, it would, I thank God that then it was just my car not having for a week. But to others, it could be their future. It can affect them so much. And the Lord will teach me, will build my character up through my parents to just take away my car. So that next time, I would know how to speak to my authorities in my life. And so, I grew up fearing El Clavito. Proverbs 21, verse 23. And we'll go back to James. It says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues 
keep themselves from calamity. Another, calamity is another word for disaster, catastrophe. Those who guard their mouths, those who cage their tongues, you, you keep yourself from disaster in your life, from catastrophe to occur in your life. I'll tell you, many have divorced in their life with their spouses because they did not guard their mouths. And words destroyed a marriage. Words destroyed not just their marriage because of, of what they said, but it destroyed even the future of their children. All because of words. Some, for, for, there, there are other reasons why people get divorced. But many people have gotten divorced because of their mouths, because of their tongues. And at the end, it says if you don't guard it, it's going to, you're not going to keep yourself. You're going you're gonna to destroy your life. And you'll destroy the course of history in your life for generations to come. Why? All because of words that you say? Some people use the, the D word, we call it, which is the divorce word. And using the D word will just bring insecurity into a marriage. Just that word will bring insecurity and, and, and will bring doubt. And you lose trust with your spouse and the rest is destruction all because of one, one single word. Be careful. Put it in a cage. Verse 8. So it's like a wild beast. You can call it the tiger tongue. Verse 8, James 3, says, but no human being can tame the tongue. That's so true. You can do whatever you can. You can try whatever you can do. In all that you can, it's humanly impossible to tame the tongue. It is a restless evil. It's full of deadly poison. You say, how can I then tame my tongue? It really is by the grace of God because there's just no way. I'll tell you, one of the first things that the Lord changed my life was taking out all the filth out of my mouth. I used to speak filth every 30 seconds. Garbage would come out of my mouth. And it was one of the first things that the Lord took out of my life. I couldn't believe that after just being a few days in the Lord. I was, that was, I haven't said a bad word since. That's it. So it was human, it was humanly impossible, but possible for my God to do in my life. And so I've been able to tame my tongue in that area. And it's a restless evil, full of deadly Poison. So if you're taking notes, the tongue is like a poison. You know what poison does? It leaves toxins that will spread. So if you, get, if you're, if you are ever, God forbid, were to have had some type of, of maybe bite of, uh, of an animal or something, a snake, and you have this poison, it wasn't the bite that kills you. But the toxic that comes after the bite, it becomes deadly. And if you don't treat it, if you don't take that out, it'll destroy the rest of your body. And so it leaves toxins that will spread. With the same strike, it injects them with, with all these toxins. And I'll tell you, but with the same strike of your mouth, you can inject nutrients. You can inject life into someone's life. Vitamins and nutrients, we can put this spiritually in someone's life. You have the power to inject life into people. And all it takes is one little injection, and it'll change the course of their life. 
You know, when you grab a, uh, when you grab a hammer and you grab the nails and you start to hammer the nail into the wood. And it's, it, words are like that. And so words will pierce so hard sometimes. It will affect your life. And when you pull out the nails, you say, that's it, I've had that. It still leaves a scar. And so those words will always, they're so powerful that not only will they hurt, but they will leave a scar in your life. But if you've met Jesus, you know that those scars become part of your story. Where you can say, that's who I was, but God gave me a new name. And when I was growing up, I had so many people that spoke to me, teachers, coaches, that told me you will never amount to anything in life. You're no good. And I was a troublemaker. I know I deserved a lot from them telling me things, but those words really killed me. Those, those words really affected me as I was growing up because I started to believe those things. They, they even told me you're not going to graduate high school. They said you're going to become a dropout because I was so bad. And I'll tell you something. Those were harsh words in my life. And they did affect me a lot because I started to believe it. I, used, I started to tell myself, man, I'm stupid. There's just no way that I'm going to really get through high school. And that's when the Lord changed my life right at that moment. And the Lord changed my life and he gave me a new name. He told me who I was. He told me I was royalty. He told me I was the son of a king. And that changed everything because now I had a great God on my side. And I'll tell you, later, years later, when I got, when the Lord gave me an incredible wife and I had children, I went back to that school. And they couldn't even believe that, forget the fact that I was married and had kids and, 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 and the fact that I had graduated college, the fact that I had started a business. And I'll tell you, it was all for God's glory. And I was able to testify of what God had done in my life to the school. And so, use those scars for his glory to tell your story. People have heard you're not smart enough. You're not thin enough. You're not fast enough. You're not good enough. A real Christian wouldn't think such things. In a world where people are beating up, they're beaten up and down, God gives you some superhero power to punch through the negativity. You speak life when you say, you know what, you matter to me. You know what? Your life has purpose. You punch the world in its face. You punch the devil, the father of lies, in his face when you tell somebody those words because they're powerful words. I remember telling somebody that he had a humble spirit, and that's all I told the guy. And this is in, when I was in youth group. I was, I was 18 years old, and I just noticed this guy would always serve and all that. Nobody spoke to him. And I want to tell you, man, you have a really humble spirit. I see you always serving. You're always obedient. And I'm, I'm his age, and I tell him that. And you know what he tells me? Years later, years later, I forgot that I even told him that. Years later, he was like, Kenny, I'll, I'll never forget what you told me when you told me those words. Because it gave me encouragement. I needed to hear that at that moment. And I never told you that. The guy's still serving the Lord today. And I'll tell you, one small word, one small phrase can change someone's life forever. You matter to me. Your life counts. 
You were created for a purpose. Tell somebody that. You got to tell people that around you. Tell the people you love that. We've been in a series about world-changing others. This is the word of the Lord that the Lord gave our church. Use your words to change other people's lives. Give them words of purpose. The Lord loves you. The Lord has a purpose, a plan for your life. Tell them you're incredibly valuable to God. You can become the voice of God's grace in somebody's life. And God's grace will change everything. My little son, I got three sons and a girl, three boys and a girl. And so my youngest son, his name is David, seven years old. And you know, anytime he gets hurt, something happens to him. I play around with him and I mess with him because he's so young and so, you know, it looks so fragile compared to, the, to Brian. And, and, and so uh, I tell him uh, when he gets hurt or something, I, I tell him, take it like a man. And he laughs, and he's cry he was crying because he was hurt. I go, take it like a man. He starts to, to, to chuckle and all that. And every time I always tell him, hey, take it like a man. Come on. And, 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 I, and I rough him up. And so um, months later, I'm talking about six months later because I always tell him that. He writes in, in a birthday card, thank you, Dad, for this. Thank you, Dad, for this. You're the best. You're this and that. Thank you for every time you tell me take it like a man. Because every time you tell me that, I feel strong. And I'll tell you something. Man, those words to him made him feel like a superhero. Made him feel like I can overcome this world. And those are just simple words. Take it like a man. But imagine telling your son, telling your daughter, telling somebody you love, you're special. God has a special purpose. You are a gift to God. Telling them that they're valuable. Telling them Hey, I'm proud of you. What would that mean to somebody when they most need it? There's nothing greater you can do. Tell them that you love them and that I'm proud of you. I have kids that get straight A's. And I have kids that they try hard, try their hardest, and they can't get the straight A's. They try harder than the ones that get straight A's. But even to the one that tries hard and doesn't quite make it, I tell them I'm still proud of you. And they, because they see what their siblings get. And they see that I don't get the grades they do. But it means the world, when the father affirms them and says, I'm proud of you, regardless. I like the fact that you tried your best and you tried hard and you did what you could. You'll never know what it means to tell your family that. To tell your friends just out of nowhere, I thank God for you. Hey, you're special. Good job. Hey, I'm praying for you. Anything you need, I'm there for you. Call me. You'll never know what those words will mean. You may not even understand it, but that person may just need to hear that at that moment. And those words can change a life forever. The word says that a soft a soft answer or a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. There's power in the word. When Job in the word, when he, when he was in trouble, his friend Eliphaz, 
reminded him how in the past, Job's words had encouraged those who were about to quit. Think about that. Job felt like quitting. Job was like, I've, that's, I've had enough. But Eliphaz was there to remind him that in the past, Job's words had encouraged those that were about to quit. And those words can change your life forever. That may come right back at you. When you're feeling down, when you feel depressed, you know what's going to encourage you? The light that you have been to those around you. The refreshing that you were to those around you. Because I've felt like that before. And I feel like that sometimes. I feel the world's going to cave in. But then I look at what the Lord has done in my life and those around me and what the Lord has used me and the instrument that the Lord has used me and it, it, it encourages me right away. It gives me strength. It gives me what God calls joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so those words will come back at you. Don't even think that those words are just for others. But as you're blessing others, it will bless you. When you feel discouraged, I tell people all the time, the best medicine for you feeling, is, to feeling discouraged is for you go and encourage somebody. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Get out and go encourage somebody, and you'll see how that comes back to you. Ephesians 4.29, I'm almost done. It says, do not let any un, no, Ephesians 4.29. There we go. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that he may benefit, that he may, in other words, there's another version that says, instead of benefit, it will give grace to those who listen. Your words will give grace. It will benefit others if they listen to the words you give them. So make sure that what you say is not unwholesome. But only what's helpful, only what's going to build up, only what's going to strengthen and fortify their lives. And that goes with your friends, that goes with your family, that goes with your kids, that goes with your spouse. You want your marriage to flourish? Start to speak blessing in your life. If you see your marriage that's about to just break apart, the power of words can change your marriage forever. Words like, honey, you know the past? I'm so sorry. For what I've done. Those words can change a marriage. Those, that, those words changed my life. When he said I was forgiven. It changed my life forever. I love him because he loved me. I forgive other people because he forgave me. I serve him because he served me. And the Lord says love your God and love others. And so I'm going to love God. I'm going to love others the same way that God loved me and I love him. There's no difference. That should not change. I should love you the same. I should serve you the same. I should speak to you the same. I should lift you up. I should bless you like I bless my God. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But let it be to build up others according to their needs. They've got needs. Find out the needs of other people. When you find out the needs, hey, what do you need? What's going on in your life? Then you know what to speak into. Find out. Get to know them. People around you. I'm always asking people, hey, how's it going? I hate the word just good. No, get into questions. Like, tell me about how's it going in your family. 
How's it going in school? Tell me about it. I try to give, I don't want those ended questions where it's just yes and no. Tell me about how, how it's going in school for you. Tell me how things are going at home. And I'm going to see the needs and, uh, and what's going to rise out of that because now I can speak life into that. Now I can speak God's word power into their life. This word will change somebody's life forever, everybody's life forever. There's power in this word. You know when you're speaking these words, you're speaking God's words? And you want to know how strong God's words are? God's words are the ones that spoke life into existence. Let there be light. Just bam, just like that. That's God's words. This is no different. You got it in front of you and he's giving it to you. You've got the power of God's word to speak life to things that, and he, and he, he spoke life out of nothing. When you see nothing in front of you, speak something and you're going to see something come out of that. Speak God's word. So make sure that it's, you find out the needs and then you build others according to those needs. I hope somebody's getting something out of this. Your friends, your siblings, your parents, your coworkers. I'll tell you, if you were a boss, if you're an owner of a company or you're a manager and you've got people under you, even the most insignificant positions speak life into them. You, you've been given authority. Use that authority for, per, with purpose. Don't just use it because you want to rule the place. Being an owner of a company, I tell you, I, I talk about all the time I, I, when I speak to the employees, there's something called customer satisfaction. But I, there's something we call employee satisfaction. Because if you don't satisfy the employees, if you don't encourage them, good job, keep it up, then they're the ones that are going to take care of my clients. So i got to take care better of my employees than I take care of my clients because they're the ones taking care of my clients. And that goes with you even with your boss. Don't think that just because he has a higher position, I'll tell you, you have a higher position in Christ. You have authority in that place to speak God's word. And you can change your boss's life forever. And maybe because you changed your boss's life, now you've got authority. He might change the whole company. He might be the light to the whole company. All because of a spark, a fire that was set place in your workplace. Gracious words, the Bible says, are like honey. Woo, I love honey. I put honey on anything, man. It's so good. Not on anything, but it's good. I put it on, I put it on toast. I've I love it on chicken. I love, you get fried chicken. You put that, if you haven't tried it, try it. But it's gracious. Your words, your gracious words are like honey. They're sweet. Sweet to the soul, the Bible says, and healing to the bones. Man, they, they, they will, your words will, will just, you want to tell an elderly person something they want to hear, tell them the word of God, tell them gracious words. It's going to bring healing to their bones, sweet to their soul. You're going to revive something young out of that elderly person. There's word power in this place. The tongue has the power of life and death. You have the choice. You have the choice because you know Jesus to tame that tongue and use it for God's glory. I'm almost done, I promise. James chapter 3, verse 19, verse 9. 
So we're still in James. And this is how he ends this. Look at this. It says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, right? We do that. We love, we come here on Sunday, we come on Wednesdays, you come in your midweek, some of you come to youth group, and you praise our Lord and Father. But some of you with it, we curse others who have been made in God's likeness. You are, think about what you're doing. You're praising God and you're cursing other people. And you're not cursing just other people. You are cursing people that God's made in his likeness. You're like, yeah, but that person deserves it. Jesus died for that person. So be careful with the words you say. Because we come here and praise the Lord, but then we talk about people outside of here. Verse 10. Out of the same mouth, the same mouth, it comes praise and cursing. My brothers, my sisters, this should not be. Verse 11. And then James is so good with illustrations. He's like, let me illustrate it for you. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Here you've got a bitter water and a sweet water. Can, you, can they both just come out and you got both? No. That's, that's not good water. It really becomes bitter, actually. If you mix the sweet and the bitter together, the salt, it just becomes salt water. You want sweet water. You want a spring of life to come out of you. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what that means is because the tame is the, the tongue is untamable, you can't control what you say but you can control what you put in your heart. So if you're speaking garbage, it's because you've got garbage in your heart. So you can't control what your tongue says, but you can control what gets put into your heart. And what comes into your heart are the things that we watch, are the things that we hear, are the things that we touch. All through the senses of our body comes into our heart. The eyes are the windows of the soul. And so when you watch something, you're watching garbage, it gets into your heart. I've learned throughout the years, because I used to live a life of filth, and I, and I knew what the outcome of that was. But now in Christ, I had to guard my heart. And so that was what I watched. And today, I'll tell you, I don't remember the last rated R movie I saw. It actually, it was before I came to the Lord. It was the last rated, besides The Passion of the Christ. It's been the only rated R movie I've seen. I don't watch rated R movies. That's, my, that's the conviction the Lord's given me. And I love those war movies, killing and all that. I think it's pretty cool for a man thing. But in those movies, or rated R movies, you've got like 85 bad words in the first five minutes. And I, I cringe when I hear that. When I hear those F-bombs and I hear this and that, it's, oh, my spirit cringes. I don't want that to enter my heart. I'll change the channel. I'll walk out of the theater. I've done it many times with my wife. And the garbage that we see, the commercials we watch, I'm, I'm, I'm switching those channels. And guess who's watching me switch those channels? My kids. Now my kids grab the remote and they're like switching the channel right away. 
I didn't have to tell them that. They saw it. The way you live your life. The word says that to guard your heart above everything. Above everything in your life, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. In other words, what flows out of here is life. So in other words, guard it. Because life is going to come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you guard it, you know what? Everything that's going to come out of you is praise you, Jesus. God bless you. Hallelujah. I love you, man. God's got a purpose for your life. Because that's what's in my heart. If that's what's in your heart, that's all that's going to come out. And it's going to come out here. It's going to come out out there. It's going to come out everywhere. It's just you can't, t- you can't control your tongue. But what you've got in your heart, you can control. Psalm 19, verse 14. Almost done. It says, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord. This should be our prayer to God. Lord, may may these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, see how they go hand in hand, our heart and our mouth, may be pleasing to you, Lord. What my heart meditates on, what I think about, what I dwell about, I want to think about things above. I want to make sure that what's in my heart, what's in my mind, have to do with things about the Lord so that they're pleasing in God's sight when he looks at us so that our words can also be pleasing to him. The word says, David says, in one of the scriptures, it says, at midnight, I rise to give you thanks. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks. He must have had an alarm clock that nobody knew about back then. And so that alarm clock woke him up at midnight, and he rose. The Bible says, I will rise, because I'm going to set my alarm clock at midnight, just to give thanks to God. To let life come out, not just to other people, but to my God. Maybe that will challenge you to set your alarm clock, maybe even in the middle of the day. Maybe at just a random time, 10 o'clock, while people are going to take their smoke break, you're going to go take your Thanksgiving break. And you put your alarm clock, oh, it's 10 o'clock, I'm going to give praise to my God. And you start thanking God for that day. Start thanking God for your family. Ask him to bless your family, to bless your business. Tell him to bless your friends, your pastors, your leaders, your church, to those that are in need. I know the needs of others, so I'm going to start to pray about those needs. And start to speak life and prayer to God. And those words have power because you're connected to the greatest power that exists. Open your mouth and start to thank God instead of complaining all the time. We complain about so much all the time. We complain, I got the same clothes. I got, I'm eating, I don't got food. I have to always go drive through because I never this and that. And we complain, I don't got money. I can't pay. Start thanking God for what you have. And you'll see how the course of your life will just change. When you, that when, you, when you change your course of direction, you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. He's going to add unto you all your needs in your life. Don't even worry about your needs. You seek God. 
even at midnight hour. Paul and Silas at the midnight hour, the Bible says. At midnight. There's something about midnight. And I encourage you, I guess, set it up at midnight. Set the alarm. The Lord wakes you up at midnight. Don't just go back to sleep. Just thank you, Jesus, for giving me a good night's rest. I'm going to sleep while I know it in Jesus' name. And just that moment of saying thank you, Jesus. But the Bible says that in the midnight hour, Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, when they were enchained, they started to praise their God. They started to praise the Lord and, and sing these hymns to the Lord. And when that happened, when that took place, the Bible said the earth shook, the chains were broken, the captives were set free. Praise has power. Your words have power. Thanksgiving has power. Use that power. He's giving it to you. It had power when he spoke it into existence. And he's giving you the authority to speak that power in Jesus' name. Speak the, the truths. Speak the promises of God in people's lives. When you see somebody's defeated, you tell that person that you grab scripture and you tell them, listen, he's going to turn your mourning into dancing. He's your shield. Someone that's just fighting with fear and is afraid to tell them, read Psalm 91 and go under the shelter of the Almighty. Use scripture, use the word of God. It's a sword, it's a fire. Let's have the worship team come up. We should, we should be spending time in our, in our day think, thinking about God, talking to God. If he's in your heart, it's what's going to come out. The Bible says to pray without ceasing, right? And so you say, Kenny, it's impossible to pray God without ceasing, without stopping. That's an impossible verse. No, it's not. Because throughout your day, you just can't stop praising God. Throughout your day, you just can't stop thanking God in every situation, everywhere you go. Thank you, Jesus. I bless your name. You're so good, God. All the time. That's praying without ceasing. That's praising your God. Worship the Lord in your car. Keep your eyes open, of course. James 1. Verse 19. James 1, verse 19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So in other words, if, it's, if you're writing notes today, take note of this. That's what it's saying. Everyone, that includes me, should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. How many times do we just say the wrong word? You're like, oh, why did I say that? so much but you know the more you practice that to be slow to speak the better you get at it sometimes we speak too fast and the wrong thing comes out and you know why because we're not perfect because we still got some garbage in our lives so the wrong things come out sometimes like wow why did I just say that because you can't control the tongue so you got to be quick to listen Listen to what people say more. And be, so, be slow to speak. Be careful before you speak. Think about what you're going to say. 
before you reply to a text message. I don't like text messages too much. Text messages are yes and no questions. But if you start texting me and it becomes a long story, I stop right there and I just pick up the phone and call you. Because I don't want the wrong words to come out there. They're gonna, you guys are going to read it the wrong way. Words are powerful. I know what it does. So I don't want you to think the wrong words. I don't want you to, to take something the wrong way. I pick up the phone. Be careful with your text messages. Be careful what you say. Sometimes they have double meanings and you don't even know it does. And I tell you, be careful. You say, it's just a text message. No, it's word power. There's power in that word. They may never reply again. They may never look at you the same. They may never, just because of something you text, and you're like, oh, I never meant anything wrong. Be very careful. We've got to use emoticons. Show them we're happy. Wink, you know. And, and, but even that, be careful what you say. Let's stand tonight. Right where you're at, this is a time for you to just reach out to God. And so let's just sing this song to the Lord. But as we sing, if there's any filth in your heart, I'm not even going to talk about your tongue right now. We talked a lot about that, the mouth. But I want, and God wants you to reflect in your heart. What's in your heart? What's in the deepest parts of your heart? Do you have a heart that's hard like a stone and, you know, you don't receive the word of God and you don't receive correction in your life? And, you know, and so the word of God says that he wants to give you a heart of flesh and take that stony heart away. Why? Because a heart of flesh can be penetrated. It can be molded. He can do something special with it. But a stone heart can't do anything, can't penetrate, can't do anything. It's It's just there. And some of us have stones in our hearts. But that doesn't let the heart operate properly. Let's ask God to do some operation on our life today. And say, God, I'm sorry. And let the blood of Jesus set you free from that. Those words, don't just pray silently. Speak them, confess them with your mouth, not just in your head. Pray. When you pray to God, say it out loud. There's something powerful with confession. I didn't make that up. In fact, when you come to the Lord for the first time, it says believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died and rose again. Confession is so important. And you can confess right where you're at. If you don't even want your neighbor to hear, just whisper it to God. But say it. and Say, God, forgive me for this. Take out this garbage in my life. Help me to guard my heart from all that filth in my life. I don't want that to enter my heart because I know the power that I have when I speak and I don't want to say the wrong words. I want to say what's right so operate my heart can we make that prayer tonight to for God to operate our hearts so that we can use this thing called word power for his glory to change other people's lives right where you're at as we sing the song just you can surrender your heart to him you can get on your knees you can lift your hands to him you can sit down if you want there's no specific way to do it just talk to him talk to your Lord